Welcome back to the Dr. Body Mind Soul podcast. My name is Dr. Jude, and this is a podcast which explores how we can integrate modern medicine and alternative therapies to help you get the holistic health care that you deserve. I will be speaking to healers and seekers, researchers and authors who will share their experiences and the evidence to help guide us all to holistic health. Let's do this. So this is a seeker story with Janine Begley, who is sharing her journey with lichen planus. Lichen planus is a rare chronic inflammatory disease which affects the skin and is thought to be autoimmune in nature. The trigger for outbreaks are unclear and may be viral. And this podcast is by no means to replace medical advice. Please see a dermatologist if you've been diagnosed with this condition. But we are sharing Janine's story to give hope and inspiration to anyone suffering from a similar disease and who wants to explore a more holistic approach. So Janine, you were diagnosed with lichen planus in 2019, and this diagnosis radically changed your life. Can you explain to our listeners how that all occurred for you? Yeah, hi Jude. Yeah, it was uh, quite uh, quite a wake up call to say the least. Um, basically, yeah, my I started to get little tiny spots that were occurring all over my skin, and then there was one major one that was on sort of my torso area. I had absolutely no idea what was going on, but we were on holiday. It was quite hot. Um, I figured maybe it was something to do with the sun. Um, and obviously it was quite strange because it was a really relaxing time of my life being away on a beautiful Greek island. Um, so yeah, it was just quite strange, but holiday came to an end. Um, and as I came home, it continued and they just kept spreading more and more. So I went to the doctors, um, first port of call, obviously, and she couldn't really sort of say exactly what it was, um, gave me some topical steroids, sent me on my way, um, but I couldn't keep up with, on, you know, with, with putting the cream on the, stero- uh, on the spots. It, it was just, they were just coming too thick and fast. Um, at this point, it started to get really scary um, just because it felt like I was wearing a blanket of stinging nettles constantly over my torso, the lower half of my arms, um, around my sacrum and all down my legs. It was just horrible, continuous burning. Um, so, yeah, it was just a bit of a losing battle with the cream. So I went back um, and spoke to her again and she was having really real trouble identifying what they were. Um, at this point, obviously, my skin's darker. I'm mixed race. So in a rural, slightly more rural, quiet doctor's surgery in North Devon it was a little bit bit more tricky I guess she hadn't seen it on my skin so away I went again I came back um, and it was rife really really bad now Um, and what was really terrifying for me was that my skin's always been like my main I suppose my main beautiful part of my body I love my skin it's it's a lovely soft texture it's lovely in color it's been complimented upon by numerous people in the past and it was like a slap in the face um and it it was just horrible absolutely awful um so I went to see a different doctor and actually this this doctor was a friend um in sort of kind of outside of her workplace and I was just in tears, absolutely in tears. And she, she said, right, I think what we need to do is just get you on some oral steroids, 
give you a chance to kind of catch your breath, um, see where you are. So we did that and it was it was great. I felt a sense of relief. Um, she also suggested that she thought it might be like and plainness at that point, but wasn't 100 percent sure. Um, speaking to her a week later, it was definitely that that she diagnosed me with. But what struck me again, when I left with the, med the medicine, I came out of the chemist and I had boxes of um, topicals, um, oral steroids. I had like a stomach, um, stomach tablet, omeprazole, I believe. And I had some calcium tablets. So I had this huge bundle in my hand and I was, I was feeling really grateful that I could have something that would stop it. But I was absolutely shocked at the amount I had and tablets to offset the steroids so my mind started wearing at that point thinking this is great but I'm not sure how sustainable this feels for me so I started on them and that was great because within I think within the week exactly as she said I caught my breath I felt like I could oh, like I could suddenly breathe like I wasn't continuously itching I wasn't continuously stressed I just felt a real sense of calm, which was so needed at that point. I'm not, wasn't sure how sustainable taking the steroids was gonna be for me. It just felt that it was a lot of medication and yeah, I needed to, to kind of take charge in a way, but how could I do that? Because I was in a place where I knew the meds were working, but I knew what the other side felt like. Um, so it was kind of, yeah, quite a thing to take on, but I, I felt like there must be options. So <laughs> I did a few things. Um, I decided that I could look at my diet and potentially that could have an effect. Um, what was I eating? What was I putting in my body? I was drinking a lot of alcohol at this time and it got to the point alongside being a busy wife, busy mother, um, busy at work, running my own business. It was all a lot. And I don't think I'd even realised how much it was until my skin screamed at me. It was, yeah, it was, it was almost too obvious to ignore in a way. It was, it really did feel like a symptom of something so much bigger. Um, yeah, and I, and I couldn't ignore it. And I know that, and, and and you couldn't ignore it. No, <laughs> you couldn't ignore it. No. And so you you addressed your diet. Mm -hmm. You cut out alcohol, which I think we'll touch on a little bit later on. And I know that you actually went to go and see a coach. That's right. Yeah. So. What kind of spurred you on to see a coach at this stage? Because it's not often discussed or talked about that coaches um, really help you manage a physical illness. Um, and so I'm just really curious about what led you to, to do that. Sure. There was a couple of points of real magic in that, actually. So I started to follow her on Instagram through my sober journey. Um, she was, you know, sometimes you just see people on those platforms that you vibe with, you connect with, you can see yourself in them. And I could very much see myself in her and her story. So I followed her and it was 
um, it was an amazing experience, actually, at the whole using of Instagram because I, I changed it entirely to feature sober accounts when I was quitting. And that's how I did it. I read and I used Instagram. <laughs> um, so it was like a little pep talk every day. She used to crop up. And then I obviously realized that she was offering coaching. Um, prior to this, I'd been speaking to um, my mum, who was incredible through all of this, but had kind of been watching from the sidelines, everything that I've been going through. And then one day it had gotten all too much on top of the skin and everything else. And I remember just sobbing into her chest um, that I couldn't do it anymore. I remember saying, I can't do it anymore. I can't take this anymore. It's too much. Um, and then I'd spoken about this lady and what she kind of offered. Um, and we spoke, mum and I spoke properly about it. And I, for a moment, thought, this is something I could actually do. And I said to mum, all the money that I spent on basically killing myself, I could redistribute into something that I can really help and nurture myself with. Like I haven't worked with anybody or for anybody for 10 years. I've had two kids on top of that. I'm running the home, I'm being a wife, I'm doing all of that stuff but I haven't been working with anybody who's provided any feedback, guidance, anything, either be it work or personally. I haven't even had anybody to talk to for the last four or five years that I've been working on my own. So how incredible to be able to work with somebody who can do that for you when you're trying to do it all by yourself and to see all of that stuff. It was it's kind of game changing, like anybody who would self-employed, struggling, feeling a little bit lost. I yeah, I can't, I can't say how much coaching really did change that. It really made a huge difference. So by hiring this coach, you, she helped you do what? Would you say? She helped me identify where my feeling of stuckness was coming from. So I was feeling really stuck, really uninspired. Um, she helped me see really the root. That's what I find so interesting about all of, all of this symptomatic stuff. There's a deep rooted reason and it's often from long ago and there's layers and layers and layers of other stuff on the top of that that create a manifest disease exactly as you said and I remember coming across that as a as a term early on and it blew my mind it's so simple but disease that's exactly what it is and it's I think this is super interesting to explore and Gabra Mate um really references this sort of way of thinking that you know um the root as you say of these symptoms are often much more deep-seated and often traumatic and a coach really can help uncover who you are beneath all of the noise um, the expectations the roles um, that we find ourselves in that we often fall into so it's really lovely to for anyone who's never really used a coach or is unclear about how coaches operate 
Um, I've used several in my life and I've found them to be so, so supportive in my own journey for bringing me into alignment. And I think that it's a miss- often a missing piece uh, that we don't often um, discuss in he- the healing healing journey, especially when we're talking about physical symptoms. But as a um, as a support for really allowing you to get to the heart of you, a coach is a wonderful ally. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, she was she was integral, absolutely integral to the whole thing, really, because that's what allowed me to start understanding myself and allowing to be myself. Yeah, and to work out why, you know, to work out the whys. That was what, and and you you mentioned Gabor Mate. He was also a huge um, player in my healing, reading his work, understanding trauma and addiction. Um, and actually, you know, we, we we put all of that down to really massive stuff too, you know, like, oh, it's terrible. But actually, we've all got it all of us have got a little bit of that behavior going on within us, but it just looks different. I completely agree. And actually I just want to highlight that, you know, you say you were drinking a lot and, and you were very functional, you know, you were, as you said before, you're a wife, mother, (laughs) business owner. And I think we, or many people within our society, socially drink, Mm a lot and often more than the recommended daily amount and it is often a coping mechanism or it can be a coping mechanism for us to numb from the misalignment that we have in our lives it becomes easier to cope with when we are less aware of how jarring our life actually feels so alcohol is one 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 vice that we can turn to that some people turn to, but also there are so many others as you're talking about. Um, as you mentioned, like you know, social yeah. media, work, yeah. um, all sorts of things that we turn to, to numb us from ourselves. Because actually, if we really got intentional, if we really got clear with who we are and who we want to be, so often it feels too jarring. Yeah, sure. It really does. And I think that's what you really noticed, isn't it? When you got sober, you really noticed the malalignment in your life, which led you to seeking a coach who helped you to live in alignment. Absolutely. It it was bizarre because I wrote down a little timeline. I was trying to think about what exactly this journey looked like for me. Um, and I remember going back on my phone, looking in all the pictures to see when about it was that I was diagnosed. And it, all the photos before that were just kind of the kids, you know, day out here, you know, something, you know, just boring kind of regular photos. In fact, it was, I noticed there was hardly any colour. And then when I quit drinking and I was on the skin journey, there's so many pictures of nature. Like I... I clearly threw my back myself back out into nature and I noticed tiny little things, tiny details in life, the colour that pops up after I quit drinking on my camera roll. Honestly, it's insane. It's it's I think you just like, got so much more present. So much more present. Like absolutely everything was mind-blowing. I'd forgotten how beautiful life is, you know, just as it is. It doesn't need any other stuff. Like when you just 
intentionally place yourself back there and notice and be present with it. It's mind blowing. Mind blowing. And just to what was happening with your like and playness? I saw you'd mm. given up you'd given up drinking. So that is a huge um physical and emotional and psychological um will have all the impacts on all of those domains. So I can really notice, and you changed your diet um, again to be more intentional with what you were eating and you'd started seeing a coach. Mm. So what was happening with your like and plainness at this point? So at this point, um, I was decided to taper off the steroids. So I really wanted to come off them. So I was feeling quite strong. I was feeling like I'd done low. I was doing other things that were making me feel different, like in my own body. So I wasn't feeling stressed. Um, I was able to kind of make a plan. I'd been offered also a light therapy treatment, which I wasn't sure how effective that would be, but I figured give it a go. But it involved traveling quite a big round trip to go and have done three times a week to stand there literally in a booth for a minute (laughs) um which felt odd but anyway I did it and I decided to do that at the same time as tapering off the steroids so I made basically I made a plan um so I did that so as the the steroids became less I was having a bit more intensive light treatment and then we were coming into summer as well um and I was doing all of the other things uh, just trying loads of different things to chill myself out. Honestly, I will say that's all it it was. I was doing things like gong baths. I was doing more yoga. I was trying to meditate. I say trying, just practicing. I'm no great meditator, but just being present and more still and calmer and in my body. And then, yeah, I came out of the other side, kind of off the steroids. And I remember feeling quite exposed concerned worried and every little itch I was like what's that and every time it was just an itch and it's literally just been an itch since the summer of 2019 and I haven't had any other medication I use an incredible cream I'm too scared to stop using just because it was the best cream I found. It was called Balneum and it was like an anti-itch cream that the dermatologist recommended. And I get that on prescription and it's lovely and easy to use as a moisturizer. In fact, that's one thing I should have done plenty more of when I was younger. Moisturize. (laughs) And um, yeah, and I don't have, I think I've got one tiny pinhead sized lesion on my leg currently. Um, and that's it. So what I really love hearing it or is, is, a, is, is, is a real integrative approach. So it was using the steroids in order for you to just gain a bit of control, get yes. a bit of relief, allow you just to come out of the panic and the confusion and the discomfort mm. of having this rash um, that then could allow an exploration of, a much deeper exploration of, you know, what is going on? Why is this happening? Yeah. And using, you know, allowing that exploration to occur alongside the use of steroids, to use cream, to use light therapy. And it's 
using everything in combination that I think is really supportive. So what's the one thing you wish you'd known when you were diagnosed with lichen planus? I wish that I'd known that you have an option to not stay on steroids. I wish I'd known that whilst maybe many people will say that you can't be cured of it, that you'll always have it. For me, I was under the impression that my body was attacking itself and that that was going to continue regardless. I wasn't given much hope that I, that I could have it different, to be fair. And then when you do start looking around for information, um, obviously most people tend to find Google or a forum. And what you find on forums and Google is many, you know, many people suffering and struggling. So not many stories of success, but more, you know, discussions of, yeah, of distress and, and discomfort and disease and what people are trying and this, that and the other. And it can actually create more anxiety. For me, anyway, it, it felt like that. Um, and I wish I'd known that there are, that you can do it. We do have it all within us, but we have to be prepared to go a little bit lower than topical steroids. <laughs> For a bit example. deeper. <laughs> yeah. You said that you felt, you know, you were doing things like gong baths and yoga mm-hmm. and meditation um, to feel more relaxed. In my personal experience, it's only having done those therapies, I had I realized how stressed I'd been. So which I which is just taken so for granted. Um, and we sort of can find ourselves going through life in this state of chronic stress that we don't even realize we're carrying until a diagnosis, for example like you um, experienced uh, that actually stops us in our tracks that forces um, you to slow down. Do you feel like, does, 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 that, does that ring true for you? That you? Or did you feel that you were, did you know how stressed you were before this all happened? I had absolutely no idea. And I do remember clearly saying to friends after after it had all lifted and I started to feel more peaceful, I remember saying and it, to, to friends that I was existing in this period, in this sort of bar- you know, barrier of stress right at the top here. And I was living all the way up there all the time. And of course, if you live there for long enough, you know no different. So that is normal to you if that is what, it, you know, and and... I was one of those people. I'm really busy. I can't. I'm just really busy. I'm really busy. And you don't know you're doing it because you're there. You're just busy doing it. And then suddenly when you are forced to, yeah, come out of that zone, you realise there's a whole different zone. And in fact, I think the pandemic in some way gave that back to many people, you know, that force of being switched off back down into the home went into your you know normal everyday life nothing going on it was it's kind of like that like oh what's this <laughs> like I didn't know this was here <laughs> yes yeah I think a lot of people can really relate to that 
And I think, and I don't want to labor the point too much because it's not, I'm not, I'm actually not a teetotaler, but I think that we can, as I say, said before, use all sorts of manner, manner of ways to manage our stress that we don't realize that we're um, carrying, like, because we're in the zone and we've always actually been in the zone. Um, so to cope with being in that zone, we maybe buy too many things online, we drink um, probably too much, we um, zone out on our phones, we zone out on Netflix um, for far too long that's actually healthy, but it's the only way that we may know of to actually calm our nervous systems down just a bit to tolerate being in that zone for so much of our lives. Yeah, it's a very clever thing we do, you know, naturally find a coping mechanism. And that was one thing as well, actually, with the with the quitting drinking and, and, and on that point, just allowing yourself to not feel guilty, letting go of the shame of that too. Like if you do realise that you scroll too much, that you shop too much, that, you know, that you, you like having sex too much, that you whatever you do a little bit too much is your coping mechanism it's okay like you can let go of that shame but there's better stuff on the other side we know that actually that chronic stress is relating to inflammation mm-hmm. and inflammation is becoming increasingly highlighted to be so key to so many disease processes that are going on in our bodies. So it makes total sense that when we are living in this zone of stress um, that we take for granted, that we don't really pay attention to, that we've just learned to cope and manage um, in suboptimal ways, manage. And we we do it because we don't even know it's bad for us. We're doing it because it's the way that we we cope. but it's probably a really, you know, it's it, in some ways, Janine, I don't know if you would agree with me, but like perhaps it was a, a gift really that, that your skin really broke out in the way it did to force, the pay, to, to force you to pay attention and redress your whole life to bring you out of that zone, adopt so much healthier um, coping strategies to not just, not, you know, not just survive your life because Janine, now you really thrive in your life. Can you tell the listeners, because it's really amazing to, to see you um, live this new life um, that, that we get to do on Instagram. It's really inspiring actually. Thank you. Yeah. I just, yeah, I a hundred percent. It is a gift. It has been the biggest gift. It really has. Like I, I feel like there's a zone from when I was in my late teens, in all honesty, up to my late thirties, where I was just existing, just in that zone of doing all that stuff. And you're right. The inflammation is real. Like if you are producing that much cortisol all the time to, you know, cope with just your life, just your every day, it's going to inflame the hell out of you. Um, so I'm not surprised I blew up like a bomb. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm really not. But it's been the biggest gift. And what's happened on the other side of that is that I've remembered my inner child and she's wild. <laughs> and I found her again. And yeah, it's 
been amazing. Like, yeah, just doing stuff that was fun when I was a kid. I think simply that's all we've got to do. <laughs> I really do. Like I, I often look at sheep and I think, well, oh, they're so boring. And then you look at a lamb, lambs are full of life, but similar to a human, it kind of gets fun, gets absorbed out over the time. And we just need to go back to that inner lamb. And, uh, and you yeah. do that through mountain biking, hula yeah. hooping, and it just really looks like you have embraced the power of play. Yeah, I just move a lot now. I just do a lot of movement. The hula hooping started as just a bit of fun in the garden. I remember doing it as a kid and then put some music on and it just got really cool and fun and, yeah, like obsessively yeah, you can just have so much fun with it. I've got some roller boots, um, so I'm going skating again. And then the mountain biking journey started, um, which kind of came out of nowhere. I used to kind of hang out with the BMX boys and stuff when I was a lot younger. Um, I must have taken a lot of stuff in just watching. I did a bit of stuff, but kind of, I don't know, the kind of teenage anxieties kicked in, so I didn't bother doing a lot of it then but I don't have any of that now. I've shed all of those anxieties and um, I really feel like a sense of it's now or never. So yeah, I don't have a lot of fear. The fear is gone and I'm just throwing myself down stuff with some control, <laughs> I like to think, <laughs> and mostly getting away with it and having loads of fun. <laughs> That's so key. That's so key. <laughs> I think so. And so what advice would you give someone um, who has just been diagnosed with lichen planus? My advice would be to get to, to as much as possible to get back in touch with yourself, to have a look and don't discount anything that may come, come up for you as trauma things that you might have been through in the past, something in your life that doesn't sit right, something's not sitting right, you are not in alignment somewhere. So how can you really take a step back and look at where you are existing, how you are existing, and what can you do to take back the power that you do have within you to become more whole again? I really do believe that like a lot of autoimmune disease that people have is that jarring, that out of alignment of body and mind. And we have to be brave enough to look, look at it, to look at our behaviours, to look at what we're doing on a day to day basis. How happy are we? Because the body tells so many truths. It really does. And it has a way of getting our attention like you wouldn't believe and anybody who's had a, or has an autoimmune condition I'm sure can relate to that feeling of being made to pay attention to sit up and notice so my advice would be what's it trying to tell you listen to it listen intently it's telling you something and in there are the answers because everything else you will base all of your other decisions on that should I continue on steroids? Should I just try some different creams? Should I go and book that weekend retreat 
should I go and have a massage? Should I just go and take the dog for a walk down the beach instead of sitting here on my phone? Those kinds of things. Just question yourself because you have the answers. And hire someone, for example, a coach who can really support you. Yes. These decisions because we yes. can be so out of touch with what we want or need. Yes. That we may have ignored for all of our lives, which may have got us into the situation that we perhaps are in. And Gabor Matty talks a lot about um, the immune system and it representing our sense of self. Mm. So I think when there is an autoimmune um, challenge, actually taking the time to really look and examine your sense of self and who you are underneath all the shoulds is actually a really important step. So I, I really love, I really love that you've said that. Um, and what are the best resources that have helped you along the way? The best resources? Um, a good dermatologist to start with was, was key. You know, somebody who could diagnose it, look at it. Um, yeah, and just provide those kind of instant relief. That was, that was great. And the creams, I had no idea about the creams. That's been wonderful. Um, aside from that, um the coach absolutely hiring a coach was was integral it really was she was just amazing like exactly as you said she asked the right questions which then allowed me to continue asking myself good questions as we've gone along um and just doing things that interest you again getting back like getting back to you what is it that lights you up? Listening to the soul. <laughs> Listening to the soul. We all, we all have one and it's trying to get our attention all the time, but life gets in the way. But, but sometimes we ignore the whispers and so it, um, the body needs to scream. Yes. Um, and I think, that, I think that that's what really drew me to your story, Janine, is that you really did take a body, mind, soul approach mm -hmm. to um, this diagnosis and really took it as an invitation to get curious about yourself, um, why this may have happened. You um, And then you really took action. You really took action and you did change your diet and you stopped drinking and you started reconnecting with what it was that really lit you up um, and started living from your soul's um from from your soul you know that's what that's what it means when you're living to light yourself up it's that's you're living from your from your soul um soul's calling in that space so Thank you so much for sharing your secret story. Um, I think it really um, speaks to using a, a holistic and integrative approach. And um, there's a place for all of it, for the use of steroids, for the use of creams, for changing your diet, for looking at your vices, for looking at your stress. Um, and then really um, paying attention and taking action. So... Yeah, I really hope there 
that if there are any listeners who are struggling with an autoimmune condition and want to adopt a more um, holistic approach to that, that they listen to your story and find some real inspiration. And if you if you want to get inspired um, and check out Janine's Instagram, where can we find you um, on Instagram, Janine? Oh, thank you. Um, I'm Janine underscore Nio, which is N-G-A-I-O. But I'm sure you'll probably pop a link to it. I will do. I will do indeed. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to share my story with you. Thank you so much for asking me. Thank you. Thank you, Janine. Thank you for listening, Body, Mind, Soul Seekers. If you want to connect with trusted alternative therapists, learn more about what they do and how they can help you, check out my new holistic healthcare platform, The Witchy Women. Or if you are a holistic healer that wants to serve and help more people, book in a discovery call with me. Find more details at thewitchywomen.com. To show your support for this podcast, please share it with a friend or leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does make a difference. Thank you all so much. Until next time.